Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Hey everyone, Mikkel here. Okay, before we get into today's episode, I want to get some feedback from you, the listener. We're looking at ways that we can take the podcast in new directions, new guests that we want to have on the show, new ideas we want to share with you. So we have a lot of threads going for this at Expat Money Forum, our private Facebook group. If you go to expatmoneyforum.com, you can join the conversation. I want to hear feedback from you guys. What topics have we not covered that you want to hear more of? Do you want to hear more stories from successful expats who have moved offshore? Do you want to hear more business-related stuff, more finance-related stuff? Are you more interested in immigration and visas and passports? Is it the investments or real estate? I want to know what you are interested in. This show is not about me. It is about you guys. It is about all of my amazing listeners and trying to help inspire you and get you the best up-to-date knowledge every single Wednesday when I publish this show. So join the conversation at Expat Money Forum. Let me know what you think, what you want to hear more about, how I can best serve you. It's really important to me to make this show the absolute best in our space. And I think we're off to a really good start. Podcast has been going for over four years now, which is just hard to believe. It seems like just yesterday I started it, and the feedback has been amazing. But there's always room to improve. There's always things we can do better. So share your knowledge, share your expertise, share what you want to hear, share your wants, your desires, your needs, your goals, everything with us at Expat Money Forum. I really appreciate it, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Expat Money Show. Today, we're really blessed to have on the line with us a true entrepreneur. He has had a very interesting story. He is the founder of Naked Brands, including Naked Pizza, Naked Travel, Naked Beauty Bars, and now Naked Technologies, which is a fully asset-backed cryptocurrency. He is the host of Get a House for Free on Channel 4 in the UK and has written two best-selling books, including The Financial Freedom Guarantee and Closing the Deal and Suddenly Grow Rich. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Marco Robinson. Marco, how are you? Hey, Mikhail. Thanks for that extremely elaborate uh, introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I do what I can. Me and Marco met at the International Blockchain Summit earlier this year. I watched you up on stage, Marco. I said to myself, I have to have you on the show. Oh, that's, that's very nice. I remember, I remember that. That's very kind. So, Marco, why don't you take a few minutes and kind of go through your story with us and explain where you came from and a bit about your backstory. 
Okay, so my backstory is that when I was two years old, my mum left my dad because he was a gambler, and he ran up debts all over town, so she had no choice other than to leave. So she went to live with her mum, and her stepdad sexually abused her, and he'd already done that before to her when she was a kid. So it took a lot of courage for her to come back to that situation, and in fact, she only told me this last year before this TV show went out. So we had to leave that place, and then we had to leave outside to live rough quite a while because we had nowhere to go. And we went to lots of different places around the UK. I went to about 50 different schools before I was 10. So I was always bullied. I was always the new kid. And I was always unsettled. I mean, I didn't have many friends. And, you know, I used to run away from the situations. I didn't really go to school. I hated it. So I lived in my imagination a lot. And I found solace in doing that. So fast forward a few years from that. And what I decided to do was work so I could get my mum more secure and stable. So I got like four jobs when I was bad time as I was 13. Works like crazy. And then I got into direct sales, made a lot of money doing that. And one of the first things I did was look after my mum to make sure she was all right. So did that, became successful. And then I decided to become an entrepreneur and I did my own motivational seminars. I wrote a few books, a couple of books, as told you already, as you know about. And then fast forward again, and one of my businesses in 2008 was very successful. And from that, I started buying lots of properties after subprime. And then I got into the cryptocurrency world about two years ago because I was really fascinated and excited at the same time because Bitcoin was a reaction to the subprime crisis in America that made 50 million people homeless around the world. And I, I used to tell the story how banks basically subjugated you to financial and slavery. And, you know, a lot of the people in the world, 99% really retire poor. And this is, you know, the wealth keeping 75% of the wealth to them, 1%, but not educating people to make money for themselves. So that's why I was interested in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. That's my story, really. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So jumping back a little bit further, because I would like to unpack a few of those things. So you said you started working at a very young age at around 12 or 13. And then you actually left school very early as well, didn't you? Well, I was, I mean, I didn't officially leave school. I mean, I, I played true a lot. I mean, at the time I was 16, I left. So, and then I just got into work straight away and I was cleaning floors. I was doing computer input entry and stuff like that. Really menial jobs, you know. And then I just got into sales. I learned that I was good at sales. So I started doing that. Yeah. So when I was doing my research on you, I actually saw that you've sold over $1 billion worth of products and services. That's phenomenal. Yeah. How were you able to take something like sales and then just take it so far? Well, what happened is I... Got into sales and because I wasn't happy in my last job, but the sales job was commission only. It was actually timeshare. And in those days, timeshare was a bad thing. And I was the worst salesperson. I mean, I was very shy. I always kept getting no's all the time. And literally, I was there for four weeks and said, listen, if you don't get a deal or sale tomorrow, you're going to be fired, Marco. You better do something about it. So the top salesperson heard this conversation and he gave me a book. He said, Marco, forget all what they tell you. You've got something in, inside of you which is really powerful. I want you to read this book. Go home. Read it again until you get the message. And this is the first book I ever read. And because I was desperate, I had no money, no food, nothing. Read the book about eight times, went to the office the following day, and I closed my first deal. And I said, why did you buy from me? And they said, well, you could see the belief in your eyes of the product. We just knew you believed it, and then we believed it. And that really was a powerful lesson for me. And as soon as I discovered that law, if you like, then I just went and became very successful at doing that. And then I got so successful became the best salesperson in the company, youngest sales manager. I got offered jobs all over the world. And one of, one of the jobs was in Malaysia to work for a public company to turn that around. And I went there in 97 and I turned that into a billion dollar company in literally two and a half years by making products with a very compelling value proposition, but also building a very, very powerful team of about 3000 salespeople under me. And I built that team 
through motivation and inspiration and the discipline of actually how to structure a presentation that the value comes across very quickly. So that's really the, the story of that. That's incredible. And what are you working on now, Marco? Well, now I'm pretty much full on into the blockchain world and the cryptocurrency world. So I have my own currency called Naked Dollars, which you mentioned earlier, which is the world's first asset-backed hybrid utility token. So we own properties um, that the mortgages is paid off, and that's pumped into the blockchain. But also we own businesses worth about 100 million that are very popular, like the travel sector, the restaurant sector, the entertainment sector, the education sector, cosmetics. So we've taken the cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, and we've turned it into something they can actually use to buy normal everyday products for a lot less money than you would do normally. So that's the value proposition. That's actually being listed next week on the stock exchange. And since then, I've done my second cryptocurrency called Big Love, following on for my Channel 4 TV show, where if you think about charity, most people give to charity to feel guilty because they just feel they have to do it, but they don't know where the money's going or is ever going to reach them. And now it's actually a fact that over 50% of the funds never reach the end user. So I've invented a charity called Blockchain, and the blockchain verifies the funds to make sure the end user gets that. And actually, you can send a meal to the home and send a blanket to them, get them out of an emergency situation. And then you can actually finance a home, finance a business for them. They can, they can earn it. You can rehabilitate them and stuff like that. But you can see the narrative of that person you're helping on your phone in terms of video content. And I don't know if you've ever had that feeling, but when you're actually able to give someone something that you didn't have and you're able to change their life and you can actually see it working for them, it's the most fulfilling thing ever in, in your life you can ever think of doing, you know. That's unbelievable. So using the trustless system of blockchain and not having to worry about where the money is going, you're able to get more of it directly into their hands. We're able to get a lot more of it. And because the technology which allowed that to happen, because every charity in the world is not, is not seamless. There's always someone taking someone from somewhere. So blockchain allows that money to be used in the most efficient way. Everyone knows it's going to get there because you can see the traces of the money in every step of the way. So because of that trust, people feel good about giving the money, but they can actually see the person benefiting from it, which is very powerful. So how does it work? You are in an ICO stage right now, or it's already gone through pre-sale and ICO? We just began a pre-ICO. We've raised about $5 million for that already. We're still in a pre-ICO stage for that. So we're going to be ICOing that in March. Um, but this has got no hard cap because you can't limit love, as in big love. You get what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I like it very much. So Ethereum doesn't have a hard cap, and that's now, it went to $1,400 at a peak that it was only $4 18 months ago. So the potential of this is, I think, the biggest thing I've ever seen because everybody loves to give, but they don't really get the benefit of the feeling. And also, they can actually get paid from it and give back themselves if they want. So it's a two-way thing rather than just donating money blindly, you know. Mm -hmm. And if someone wants to get involved in this, where would they find Big Love tokens? You're not going to find it yet because we're in the pre-ICO stage to our own investors. We've not even got the website ready yet. Ah, okay. <laughs> we've still raised five million. So we've got the infographic video ready. You know, we've got the technology nearly ready. So basically, I would say on that question, where can you find out about it? Just follow me on my social media. So if someone wanted to follow you on social media, they could go to Marco Robinson 7 on Twitter. And I saw you've got something like 137,000 followers on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm active on social media. Instagram is very active for me. And Twitter's probably the best. But, you know, I'm, I'm posting information every day on updates of where I'm going with my projects. So that's the best way to find out. Excellent. And for the other cryptocurrency that you had started for Naked Dollars, where can people find out about that? 
And that's going to be listed on a exchange called Livecoin in, within the next week. Within the next week. So early 2018, if you guys are listening to the recorded version of this in the future. It's listing at 70 cents. That's going to be really solid in terms of growth because it's the only asset backed that's truly asset backed. So a lot of people say they're asset backed, but they're actually not. And all these properties are pumped into a blockchain as a smart contract, and so are the businesses. When you buy Naked Dolly, you actually own part of the properties, and you actually own part of the businesses as well. That's the difference with it. So is it a set amount of coins that are out there for this then? It's 100 million hard cap, and it'd be listed as NKD on Livecoin. I am definitely checking this one out. So I would love to learn a little bit more about the assets that are backed behind this. So this is your personal brand. This is Naked Brands as well as your properties. Where do you own these properties? Where do you own these businesses? Because I think the story behind that is also very interesting. The residential properties based in the USA, the UK, and a little bit of part of Asia. The mortgages have been paid off. There's about 50 properties in there right now, but we're growing that. And because my background is real estate, you know, what I do is I flip those properties to make sure they're always giving the right returns. The businesses, the travel, Naked Travel is a global travel business that's actually got a license in every country in the world. So you can buy flights, you can buy rooms with cryptocurrency. It's the first one in the world. Any travel need you have, you can buy it with crypto, which I think you'd agree is very powerful. We own five restaurants now. We have 20,000 affiliate restaurant partners. You can use crypto to buy a meal, for example. We have a cosmetics company called NKDB, which stands for Naked Beauty. You can buy cosmetics with cryptocurrency. We've got an education company where we do personal development. We've just very exciting news, actually. We've just created North American Entrepreneur University based in Orlando. We've got the building, and we're going to be launching an education coin where you can pay for your degree now. But by the time you finish your degree, the crypto would have risen enough to pay for the degree course completely. That's very exciting. We own a film company called Naked Film, and we've just funded the first feature film in Hollywood with a Hollywood cast, including me, raised five million already, just signed the contract literally today. That's exciting because obviously people love entertainment and film and film. All these businesses, what they do is they give Naked Dollars a lot of attention in the market. That attention gives buyers a lot of confidence, which means they buy more Naked Dollars. And I think you'd agree, those buying signals, they're very out there. They're not like hidden anywhere in technical forums. So what happens is you get a lot of user adoption, which is very exciting. That's the difference with this. Well, congratulations on signing the deal today. That sounds really exciting. That's really exciting. The film's called Legacy of Lies. It's a, a spy fiction thriller. And we're just signing the actors next week, literally. So that's been a dream of mine for 40 years to be in a film and make my own film. <laughs> so I just got the money together to do it. So it's really good. Wow. How do you have time to do so many things, Marco? This is unbelievable. I'm, I'm listening to your list of accomplishments here and projects you have on the go, and it's making me tired just going through it. How do you go through all this stuff? How do you accomplish so much? Well, the first thing is there is no victory without the struggle. So for me, I'm used to a lot of struggle because I've been in the worst kind of places. So for me, working and doing what I love is not really a struggle. I love doing what I do. Secondly, I have a fantastic team around me. I have an amazing business partner that doesn't like to be in the front or, you know, on stage. He likes to be in the background doing all the technical work. But he's a genius in terms of talking to somebody that you respect, but also gives you amazing ideas that, you know, for big love, he gave, he gave a lot of input for that, which wouldn't, I wouldn't be here without him, if you know what I mean. And now I have a team in pretty much every region in the world. I've got a team in America. I've got a team in the Middle East. I've got a team in Asia. And they arrange all the events I speak at. So I, I don't have to do much, really. I turn up to an event, I speak, then I just leave. But in the background, what I do as an entrepreneur is I create a lot of ideas. 
and then I start executing them by, by giving people tasks to finish those projects with me as a team, different projects, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I was watching some of your videos from a couple of years ago on YouTube, and it was talking about how you actually remove yourself from all types of distractions. So you'll leave your laptop, your phone, everything like this, and you will put on basically a do not disturb sign and just focus and spend time thinking and creating. Can you break down some of those ideas for me? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it was rigid like that. What I do is I say, right, I need to escape. So what I'll do is I will ask a question in my head. I'll get an idea. So, right, how can I make this idea into a business or something that gives value and serves people? And I'll keep asking the question. I'll, I'll get the answers only if I'm having a shower, I'm going to the gym, or I'm out somewhere with friends because my mind is more relaxed then. And what happens is when my mind is relaxed, I'm open more to the universe and give me those answers back. And that's the most powerful time in terms of creativity. You know, so I can be out for dinner with someone for example, and suddenly I get an idea and have to write it down because it comes to me when I'm relaxed, if you know what I mean. It's like it's a curse, but it's a blessing at the same time because you don't know when those ideas are going to come to you. And they normally come, to be honest with you, when I'm doing something other than work, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what I heard you say was that you have it kind of from a three-prong approach. You make sure that you have a fantastic team around you. You actually love what you do. So even if you're busy all day long, for you, it's not work. And then when you do switch off, things are kind of running in the background anyways, which are able to create and produce new ideas. Yeah, correct. That's excellent. So, Marco, I want to switch gears a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about the show that was on Channel 4, Get a House for Free? Yeah. Last year, Channel 4 approached me and actually thousands of millionaires in the UK, asking them if they would like to give a house away on TV to address the social housing issue. The social housing issue is that people these days cannot afford even to get a deposit together to buy a house. The mortgage is so expensive that by the time they pay it, they can't really eat or enjoy life. And there is, in the UK right now, about 400,000 people living rough who don't have a home. In the world, there's more than, well, millions. There's over 50 million homeless. So I was asked and I said, yes, I would love to do that because, of course, I was homeless or so I understood the situation. So I went and made the show. You can actually watch that on Channel 4 as a playback, a recording, if you go to the Channel 4 app. But you can watch that. There's like 25,000 applicants, but we got down to three people. But I was only allowed to give one house away. But in the end, you'll see that I give three houses away. So I gave one house away to a single mother who was 19, and she'd been sexually abused by five stepfathers. Imagine that. She was living in a house where there was rain dripping through the ceiling with a small baby. And there were Syrian asylum seekers that paid $20,000, U.S. dollars, to leave Syria 10 years ago to human traffickers and they ended up in a ship container, didn't know where they were going to be. They ended up in the UK on £30 a week. Last year, there were £30 a week was taken away because they couldn't get asylum approved and they were living rough for about a year. A dad was 64, two children, 21. Dad was a PhD, children, master's degrees, very educated, most lovely people you ever met. And there was a blind lady that was working for the emergency services who was 50 years old, just didn't have any money, and she was blind, answering 999 calls all day long, but just getting nowhere on the housing ladder, you know? So that's how it all started. Wow. Those are heartbreaking stories. I have chills just listening to them right now. And so you actually gave away a house to all three of them. I gave three houses away, yeah. I remember when I was speaking to you at the conference earlier this year, you were saying that the UK government has now approved you for allocation of additional homes. Isn't that right? No, so it's not the government. It's the, it's the local authorities. So imagine the local state in America. So the local authorities are independent of the government. They have their own funds and they have their own houses. But they have a lot of houses that are actually empty because they haven't 
renovated them and they haven't done anything with them. So they have said to me, said, listen, we've got like over 200,000 houses here. If you're willing to spend some money on renovation, we're willing to give them to you to give to the, the homeless to actually work out a program for them. So that's one opportunity that came out of that. Wow. So you and your team are now responsible for allocating over 200,000 homes in the United Kingdom. Yes. How do you tackle a project that large? It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> that I believe. That I believe for sure. Yeah. So that's why really, because when I made the show after the show, I thought, well, how can I reach more people? So that's where the big love idea came in. And without technology, it's not possible to do that. Without a good team, it's not possible to do that. With the big love um, technology program, the charity. So the charity, the blockchain technology allocates the houses uh, so people can earn a house and they're able to get on the ladder and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a very technical thing, but it's also very structured. It's not like we don't give it out to anyone. They've got to earn it. Yeah, which makes sense. I'm starting to see how all the pieces kind of fit together because when I look at your backstory and I go through your websites, it just looks like so many things here. I'm trying to take notes and do my research here, trying to figure it all out. But I'm, I'm starting to get a better picture now with the TV show, with your background, with the housing developments and your background in real estate. It's actually quite a simple story how it all comes together. But, you know, the story of success is never a straight line, Mikhail. <laughs> you know, you start somewhere... And then I, only, I really, truly, to be honest with you, when I filmed that program last year, I only really discovered my purpose last year. And I look back at my story that I was homeless and kind of I was meant to do this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that was a very powerful shift in my life that my purpose became one thing rather than so many businesses because everything I was doing was helping that one thing, if you get what I mean. So what are your goals now? Where do you want to take things in the future then? I want to beat Davos next year with big love on the big stage with all the celebrities and all the powerful people endorsing what I'm doing and really saying this is amazing, it's really helping so many people. So that's how where I see myself in a year's time right now. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to following up with you in 12 months and watching your progress. So you mentioned that you were in Asia and you own some of the restaurants over there. Do you think those markets are still hot for business, for entrepreneurship, or maybe for real estate? Yeah, it's 20 years there. But I, I was there because the thing about Asia is it's very cheap to start a business. It's more entrepreneurial and there's less red tape that you have to go through. You need less capital. So in Asia, it's a great place to test your ideas. It's not going to cost you as much money as it would do in England or Europe or the US. So, you know, you can learn a lot from Asians. And if you look at it, you know, cryptocurrency trading, 60% is Asia. You know, Japan and Korea are the biggest crypto trading platforms in the world. And they, they actually dictate the price of Bitcoin and all the other currencies in the world in terms of digital currency. So Asia is very powerful, and there's a shitload of money now in Asia, excuse my language, but put it in context. Mm -hmm. China doesn't really have any debt anymore. Um, you know, they've it, got so much more money than America, they own the US dollar. So if you look at it now, the way it's gone is that America used to outsource work to China, now China's outsourcing work to America. <laughs> That's the shift in wealth. Yeah, absolutely. So... Where did you spend your time when you were there for 20 years? And do you think those countries are going to continue to boom? I think I, I really have to take this in two levels because I have to take one level on the question of are they going to boom in conventional ways, in conventional business? And are they going to boom in cryptocurrency? Because that's really the fastest growing thing right now. Um, Asia, Southeast Asia, the property market is dead. It's, it's dropped 50% the last few years. People are not making money in property in Asia, that's for sure. China, they are still, it's still growing. It's coming to a peak now in China. 
because of the population, you get a lot of Chinese that are traveling around the world and spending lots of money. When you go to Paris, you don't see any Europeans in the Louis Vuitton shops. You only see Chinese people in Paris buying stuff, designer yeah. stuff. No, I, un I understand that completely. I was in Paris this week, and it's amazing when you get on the aircraft. They all have LV bags, Coco Chanel, all these big brands. Yeah. So that's the shift in wealth. The disposable income in China is way more than Southeast Asia. And a lot of the Chinese, they buy properties in Singapore with cash. So a lot of the properties are actually empty in Singapore because they pay cash, but they don't live there, but they don't want to rent them. And that's similar to London. 50% of the properties in London are empty because people don't want to live in them. You've got rich Arabs buying them, Russians, that don't, they only live there one month a year. So the, they've actually dictated the property market in those places. And even if you want to buy, you can't. So therefore, in London, there's always demand because you can't buy something cheap anymore because of the situation. In Asia, you know, what's happening is that right now you've got a lot of changes happening. You kind of come into the end of some growth in Asia right now. And people are looking for new ways to make money in Asia because they can't make it in property. So they're looking at retail businesses, but retail businesses are not making money. So now people are looking online businesses, digital currency businesses. So people are shifting towards entrepreneurial stuff rather than conventional businesses, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And is that kind of why you've made one of the big switches to cryptocurrency as well? Yeah, because I was, you know, I've written a book, a very intense book about property investment. And I knew the, the end of real estate was very close because I was in the Asian markets. And even looking at the US and UK markets, they're not really performing anymore. So I thought, well, you know, this is not working anymore. So I thought crypto is really, you know, as a visionary, you can see where a trend is beginning. And right now, only 1% of the world's wealth is invested into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And the price of Bitcoin went to $20,000 high in December. But if you look at 200 trillion as an industry, and if you look at 4% of that, Bitcoin is going to go to $80,000 and beyond. And now you're getting a lot of people shifting their investments from hedge funds over to cryptocurrency. Yeah, when I was doing my research as well, I saw that you were meeting with John McAfee as well, who's quite outspoken in the cryptocurrency space. And his predictions are 100000 or 500000 a million dollars for Bitcoin in the near future. Yes, absolutely. Because Bitcoin is like a collector's item and it's only got 21 million hard cap. So in the next two years for miners, there's only six blocks on a hash where there was 12 blocks right now. So it's getting more difficult to mine Bitcoin. It's coming to the end of its maturity. Like anything, when it comes to the end of something and it finishes off, it, it, the price goes up because you can't buy anymore. So Bitcoin is a collector's item of the crypto world. It's like the gold standard of, of you know, currency, fiat currency. But you've got Ethereum, which is a different ballgame. Uh, and this is, this, you know, this is actually sparking a lot of altcoins that are coming onto the market. So you're getting a massive growth right now. So any ideas what's going on in the markets? Because we've seen about a 50% reduction, pretty much a halving of the market over the last, say, three weeks or so since New Year's. Yeah, but if you look at that over the past three years, that's actually cyclical. Every January, it dips in the same way. And you can look at the charts going past five years now with Bitcoin, it's the same thing. But even so, the price of Bitcoin is still around $11,000. What was the price of Bitcoin last January? Yeah, about $1,100, if that... Well, thank you. <laughs> and Ethereum, Ethereum has outperformed every cryptocurrency, has even outperformed Bitcoin in the last year. So, you know, Bitcoin is not an exclusive investment in terms of making fantastic money. There is no investment in the world that's ever made as much money as Bitcoin has. 
Yeah, they say it's the largest boom in human history for financial products, bigger than the dot-com in the late 90s, early 2000s, bigger than the housing, bigger than anything we've ever seen before. Yeah, absolutely. So I would like to talk to you a little bit about the skills that have helped you to grow your empire there, Marco. What are some of the things that really helped you succeed, do you think? The most important thing is to trust yourself and believe in what you're doing. And it's so easy to doubt what you do because you get so much rejection. So you can put an idea out there and you can be shut down by people who don't believe in it or don't believe in you. One of the most intrinsic value skills that you must have inside of you is the ruthless determination that no matter what people say, you will win at the end of the day. You must also understand that struggling is part of the deal. If you don't struggle, there's no victory. And trust me, I have struggled. So it's like a process. You've got to learn to accept failure as part of the struggle and embrace failure as getting closer to the goal because it just never a straight line. And a lot of people don't understand that. They get impatient and give up. And what I've always done is because I've had nothing, it doesn't really matter to me if I have nothing again because I can make it again. So I think the difference with me is I've been in the worst situations. So anything better than that is fantastic. So when I make decisions, I make them on an educated level from experience, but I don't have fear in pressing the button, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. So being able to have faith in your own abilities, believe in yourself, and then not giving up when things get challenging or difficult. Yes, absolutely. I think that's one of the reasons that I was so keen to have you on the show as well, because I'm a high school dropout. I left at 15 years old. You left at 16 years old. I was seeing some of your previous jobs. You were stocking shelves when you were a teenager and sweeping up floors. I was doing the exact same thing at 15, 16 years old. So when you talk about struggle, I really understand what you mean. I had a very challenging upbringing as well, especially through my teenage years, and then have gone on to do quite a lot as well. So when I look at your stories, I see uh, a huge similarity between us. So I'm really happy to have you on the show, Marco. It's a pleasure. And, uh, you know, your story is also very powerful, Mikel. You know, we, we see in each other what we've been through. And it's actually communicating that to a lot of people who haven't been through what we've been through and haven't really struggled, really, and, and actually, you know, triumphed in, in anything they've, they've tried their hand at. And, you know, a lot of people kind of give up too easy. But the, the answer is, is there's no answer. Anything is possible once you put your mind to it, once you let go of fear, and once you realize that, you know, we live on a planet spinning around 100,000 miles an hour in a space we know nothing about. Mm -hmm. How the hell does that happen, you know? So <laughs> you've got to put it in perspective. People don't know. They, they get caught up with everyday life and paying the bills. You know, paying bills isn't living. Yeah, I believe you there. So how do you communicate to people who maybe have not had such a struggling life as me and you have and try to instill these types of values to them? Well, it's like the old thing. I don't waste my time, Mikhail, with people that are not bothered about changing or are too apathetic. There's only two reasons or two things that get people to take action, desperation or inspiration. You're either desperate to change because you've got a lot of pain in your life and you can't take it anymore, or you're inspired to change because you suddenly believe in yourself because you've seen someone that's done something that you wanted to do from nothing, and that's inspired you to go, shit, I can do the same thing. I can even do better than that. If there's anything in between desperation and inspiration, I wouldn't waste my time, Mikel. You know, the teacher appears when the student is ready, and, and never has that been a true statement. One of my favorite quotes. So going towards pleasure or running away from fear, it's the motivators for all humans. Yes, 
So I'm curious, what are some of the skills that you think are going to be applicable to the future generations, maybe for children who are growing up in the next or 20 or 30 years? Well, for me, the number one skill for me in life, in handling life, is communication. At the end of the day, we're all human beings. We have to communicate in order to, you know, grow as people, but also get some perspective in life from your peers. And communication is the tool that is what business hangs on. Without communication, there's no business. So that's the most important thing that you've got to learn to use more of. And there's not enough communication. People are too much online these days rather than actually having a conversation with a real person, you know. So that's hugely important. And, of course, the other thing that is very important is if you look at the top six companies in the world right now, top six companies are technology companies. The only one that's not a technology company is Warren Buffet's company called Berkshire Hathaway Investment Group. Even he invests in technology companies. So the trend is technology. And if you're not in that trend of technology, cybersecurity, all of the things associated with technology, you're not going to be able to really make money, to be honest. We're just going to pause for a second on the interview because I want to tell you about this special resource that I have for you. It's called 19 International Strategies to Grow and Protect Your Wealth Abroad. It is a PDF downloadable report and you're going to find it at expatmoneyshow.com. Okay, why do I want to tell you about this? Well, it is an amazing resource for anyone out there who is looking to go offshore to become an expat, expat hopefuls. If you're looking at immigration or plan B residencies or any of these types of things that we talk about on the show, this really condenses the information into really easy to understand. And then from there, it gives you all the resources, links to the additional resources or who you can work with, the professionals involved in this. So I've had some amazing feedback on this and I want to give it to you free, 100% free. All you need to do is go to expatmoneyshow.com and at the very top of the page, you will see the special report. You can sign up. There's no credit card needed. There's no nothing like that. I just want you to have this resource because I think it's really important and I think it's going to really serve you well. So enjoy. Go to expatmoneyshow.com, download your free special report and let's jump back into today's interview. So I know you're a father, Marco. Are these some of the things that you teach your children that you try to instill in them? Communication and looking at technology and up and coming trends in the world? Absolutely. And my kids travel with me. And my son, he started buying Bitcoin when he was 16, he's now 18. So So he's probably doing quite well for himself as well then. (laughs) He's doing very well. Now he's a racing driver. He's the number one go-kart driver in the world right now. And he started driving racing when he was four years old. So when you're a racing driver, you kind of learn to be patient, but also you have to learn to be ruthless and determined because to to win a race is one of the most difficult things in life because you have to be so disciplined to do that. And I think through that skill that is developed is also developed a skill where it looks at things like cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and think, right, how can I apply that skill of racing driving into trading Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? And he's actually done it. He's actually made that transition very well. And he realizes that to make money in Bitcoin, you still have to be very disciplined and understand exactly what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that ruthless behavior that you were mentioning while he's a race car driver, did he get that from you? Well, yeah. I mean, he got a lot of that from me because, you know, I used to take him down to races in winter when it wasn't pleasant at all. And, you know, I'll tell you a story. He used to get tired before the end of the weekend because when he's racing all weekend, it's kind of tiring. But I knew what the problem was. I knew he wasn't eating enough and he wasn't in the gym. He wasn't training. He wasn't eating properly. He was eating crap. 
He was eating sugar drinks. He was eating crappy food. And he wasn't getting prepared in the gym. And I told him, so listen, the reason you're getting tired is because of this. He wouldn't listen to me. So he eventually said, listen, because he wasn't getting the results in, in races. I'm stopping your racing. I'm taking it away from you. If you don't get to the gym and you don't eat, you're not going to race again. So I gave him some pain because the racing is costing me about two and a half thousand pounds a week. So that was giving me some pain as well. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to say, listen, mate, I'm not paying that kind of money again until you are sacrificing what I'm sacrificing to make that money for you to race. And it took a couple of years to get it into his head, right? But now he's in the gym more than I am, and I'm a gym freak. He can beat me in an arm wrestle. And because of that strength in the gym and that physicality he's learned and eating right and going to the gym properly, he's now winning races where before he was in the top 10. So that's made the huge difference. But for him to learn that, he had to have that realization himself. And he realized that he had to take responsibility for that, but actually do what I was telling him to do. And now he says to me every day, if it wasn't for you, it wouldn't be where I am. So as a father, that's one of the most amazing kind of paybacks, really, because you do the best for your kids. And sometimes you don't like telling them off, but you do it for the right reasons, you know. I find this topic very, very fascinating because I think that a lot of children who grow up in privileged homes or homes that have wealth, how do you teach them those types of behaviors, that struggle and that pain when in a lot of families, everything is just given to them now. That's absolutely true, McKellen. I know a lot of wealthy people and I see the kids and I'm quite honestly disgusted at the behavior, but you know, they've only got that from the parents. They think money is very easy to get. So their expectation is I don't have to do anything for money. Um, what I do with my kids, they actually go and help. They go to charities, they go to homeless shelters and they go on the street and, and meet homeless people and make them do it, you know? And that's made them realize, shit, if I don't do something about my life, I'm going to end up like that. So I kind of made them aware of it and got them to meet people that are really suffering. And that really shows them shit. You know, now I understand about life. It's not about money. It's about what I can do for other people and how I can make a difference to them, you know? Well, that's like the Zig Ziglar quote. You can get anything you want in this world if you help enough people get what they want. Exactly. Very powerful. Yeah. Super powerful. You mentioned that you were going to the gym, that you're a big gym nut. I actually saw on your profile that you had some health complications and then you've really turned things around in that part of your life as well. Yeah. When I was 29, I had a mild heart attack. <laughs> I had a lot of stress in my life. I was working 18 hours a day at work. It was crazy. And because of stress, I had this mild heart attack. So I had a scare then and I, you know, I, I changed my lifestyle. But then when I was 45, I had a similar thing, not as bad, but it was, it was close. So what I decided to do is, right, I need to sort this out now. So I got a hold of my best friend, who was the British bodybuilding champion three times, top 10 in the world. He came over to train me. And basically, I lost 20 kilos, got a six pack within six months. And by 47, I was modeling underwear in a catwalk. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of follow up questions to that, Marco. But I'm like, wow, like I'm just reflecting on it. I had no idea that would happen. But I thought, you know, fuck it. Why not? I can do this. I can. Because my friend kept saying to me, you can be a model, Mark. You've got great bone structure and all. I said, no, no, I'm too fat. So I never believed it. And until I believed it, then I believed it and it happened. You know what I mean? So I was stood in a room with like 50 models who were 21 years old. And I'm like 47. And they're looking around at me going, Why are you do what are you doing here, uncle? <laughs> <laughs> no. The, the irony was that the casting agent looked at me because it said, take your T-shirt off. And she looked at me and said, right, you're first because you got the best body. So all the models looked around at me and said, how the hell did you get a body like that? And I said to them, you need to up your game because what I do is train very hard because I want it so bad. So that's that determination that has led you through on business yeah. to provide for your mom, for the real estate, for the brand, now cryptocurrency, the model, and then the feature film as well. Unbelievable. Yeah, because I learned that that DNA of 
struggle and really the pain it comes with and the work the work ethic, you have to put everything you've got or don't bother doing it, that has got me through every opportunity and problem through my entire life. You know, there's no easy way to do it. You either do it right or you don't bother doing it. Those are words to live by if I ever heard any. So, Marco, let's change up a little bit. I want to talk to you about formal education because like we mentioned before, both of us, we didn't go on to college, we didn't go on to university, we both left high school at a very young age. What's your opinion about institutional education or formal education? Formal education as we know it is completely irrelevant to the skills you need in everyday life in business now. So if you think about it, you don't learn anything about money in school, you don't learn anything about business in school, you don't learn anything about relationships in school, you don't learn anything in school that you need in life. You know, you don't even learn how to pay bills in school. It's, it's just ridiculous. Now, I knew that very early in school that none of the information I was learning was going to be any use to me. You know, when was I going to use Pythagoras? When, when was I going to use trigonometry? When was I going to use algebra? Just a waste of time for me because I wasn't going to use it. So schools are very like thousands of years behind where they should be. And that has proven because what schools do is they teach a person to work for a company, to obey, to be good and have a great attitude and be paid a salary. That's the end objective of a school education or university education. But, you know, that's not reality anymore because you don't have a job for life anymore. Robots have replaced 60, 70 percent of manufacturing workers now. So there's no long term jobs anymore. The skills you need are becoming an entrepreneur, learning how to trade currencies and investments and doing online businesses that serve people, doing relevant businesses for the time that we're in, in terms of trends. And there's no education in any conventional school or university that caters for that right now. You've basically just taken my message and repeated it back to me verbatim. That's unbelievable, Marco. So how do you make sure that your children have a proper education? What are you doing to teach them? One thing, mate, I'll tell you one thing really simple. If you want to get something, you go to someone who's already got it. So what I do is I become their mentor, and then I find mentors that can help them become better. So, for example, my son's a racing driver, so I can't teach him how to drive a car better, only... A winning racing driver can do that. Does that make sense to you? Yes, absolutely. So I found him a mentor that was the world champion and now still wins races, and he is his driving coach. So I've learned that you need a coach for every discipline, but the coach has to have actually succeeded in what they're teaching you first. That's the most powerful and simple way I can put it. Because I think it's unbelievable that you could go to university and study business from someone who's never started a business before. When I want to learn a skill, I will find someone who's done what I want to do. I will pay them whatever it is. Usually the more I pay them is actually the better because I get more of their time, more of their attention. I try to pay someone the most that I can instead of trying to save money on things like this. And then and I just follow exactly what they do. I don't try to reinvent the wheel. And I think that's kind of what you're saying as well. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, the world is so conditioned to get a student loan and take debt to pay the student loan back. And they can't even pay it before the 40. But to pay a mentor is like 5% of all that kind of education that you need, that you've been, sorry, not you need, that you've been given that you don't need. Mm -hmm. So are you a big reader? Do you study? Do you take courses yourself or any type of programs to up your own skills? I do read. I don't read as often as I used to because literally I'm on the road and I'm with mastermind groups 
a lot of the time now. For example, I just spent the weekend in Cyprus with a billionaire, a banker billionaire. Technology is one of only five in the world who's got a blockchain PhD. So I spend my time with those people rather than read as much because I find it's more powerful doing that in terms of my growth. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So what about going back in time? Are there any books that influenced you that maybe people should put on their reading list going forwards? Yes. The first book I ever read properly from front to back was called Bring Out the Magic in Your Mind by Al Koran. And that is a book that really tells you how to believe in yourself and how belief is really changes your life completely when you know it. So when I got that book, it was actually written in the 50s, but you can go on Amazon and think you can find it somewhere. That really changed my life in like a day. Literally, we read it eight times, changed my life in a day. Next book I read, I still read it now, is called Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. A classic, absolutely. Yeah. First edition, that kind of thing. Not the new one, but the, the first one he made, he did. The original, yeah. Original. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. I think I've read that book at least 21, 22 times. Yeah, the best communication book there is in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Classic. And a lot of others like that, but those are, the, I would say, the main three. Yeah, so fundamental books. Yeah, those three books for me are the backbone of who I am. I don't know the first one. I'm definitely going to pick that up on Amazon, but the following two are definitely the backbone for all personal development books that were written in the 50, 60, 80 years following them. Yes, I mean, as Malcolm Gladwell wrote Outliers, which is a very good book that said anyone could be successful in any skill as long as they put 10,000 hours into it. That was a good insight. Mm -hmm. So, but I've not really read any books after those other three that gave me the fundamental knowledge in every chapter that was so powerful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So spending a lot more of your time really studying those ones opposed to reading it once and then moving on to something shiny and new. Yeah, I've got a first edition Think and Grow Rich in my suitcase I carry everywhere with me. 1937 edition, autographed by Napoleon Hill. I bought at an auction for $6,000 because I was invited to speak at Napoleon Hill as a keynote speaker. I met his grandson and he said, wow, I love what you do. And that's how I got the book. And I read the book pretty much every week. You know, that's, that's how powerful that book still is to me. Wow. And I bet you the price tag has gone up considerably from $6,000 when you first received it. Yeah, but it was, it was a, just amazing experience how I came to get that book and uh, met his grandson, you know, and you got the DNA of really the visceralness of what he was all about by doing that event. I love it. That's unbelievable. So you mentioned going to mastermind groups. If someone wanted to get into this type of learning mastermind events, what kind of steps would you recommend to them? Well, you've got to really want to change yourself and grow. That's the first thing. So when you're ready, you can start looking online at courses and stuff like that. And you can start checking people out. But, you know, I would recommend they get to a seminar, get to a live event. Don't go and do webinars. The first thing you want to do is get to a live event with somebody that's got a proven track record. That means they're big on social media. They do a lot of the live events now. They've helped a lot of people succeed. Those are the kind of people you want to go and see. And a lot of those people, the first event you go to is free. Oh, they don't cost a lot of money to go to anyway. Okay. And then from there, what would you do? Would you approach them and ask for one-on-one -on -one coaching? Would you try to get to know them? Would you just purchase the coaches, that the classes that they sell? Well, just do as much of the course, go to another course as many as you can. So you, then you really have an idea of what you want to do because a lot of the time you go to a course, but you don't have any breakthroughs. And breakthroughs, for me, the best motivational guy is Tony, is Tony Robbins. Yeah, I've got my Diamond Premier tickets book, top, top level tickets for UPW in March this year. So I'm pretty thrilled about that. That's the first event I would do as a, an eager student because that event is very immersive. You know, you walk on fire and stuff like that. 
So you have a lot of personal breakthroughs in terms of self-confidence. And a lot of that self-confidence is what you need to actually get to the next level. So that you unleash the power within is one probably the best signature motivational seminar you've got out there. And everyone's really lucky that Tony Robbins is still alive because there's no one out there that can touch that guy right yeah, now. Absolutely. It's one of the reasons that I'm going right now before he, you know, loses his voice or something happens because I think he really is a gift to humanity. It's a gift and you need to go. And, I, I, you know, I'm sure you tell your subscribers that. I've been to many of his events. I have been repeatedly, I've been to 10 Unleashed the Power Within's. Wow. You know, so. <laughs> this will be my first one. So I'm pretty thrilled about it. It's not just about going to one event. It's actually going again because repetition is the mother of learning. And you've got to keep repeating that conditioning to get rid of the old shit that doesn't work for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Any other courses or classes or mentors out there that you would really recommend people to check into? There's many. I mean, obviously, you know, I would say come and see me at one of my events around the world. I'm, I'm doing events all the time. Follow me on my social media. I'll give you events and, and things and other speakers that you can see. Brendan Bouchard is a good speaker in terms of motivation. He's really good. I've been to a lot of his events. Yeah. Yeah, I've done a lot of his coursework online as well. He's a monster. His look at personal development is just unbelievable. Yeah, because he really, in terms of communication, he really gets that and he really gets that over to you that your message about you is what's most important. That you've got to work on that. So there's lots of people, but I would say there's probably 10 people out there that, could, that are really powerful. You know, the online guys like Ryan Dice, Frank Kern, you know, all these people out there that are really successful. You need to get a chance to go and see these people and see how they've done it, you know? And if people wanted to go out and see you live in one of your seminars, what seminars are you doing this year, Marco? Well, mostly my events are on Bitcoin and crypto as a way of creating wealth. So those are my major events. And I also do keynotes and motivational stuff. I mean, like, for example, last year, I was in Peru talking to all the universities in Peru. We had 5,000 people at an event. It was a two-day course. I had them jumping up and down for two days, a bit like Tony Robbins. Yeah. So stuff, I do three, four of those a year. I do retreats. My next retreat is in Monaco in March, like a four-day retreat where I teach people the beginner's course on, on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, like a four-day course. So stuff like that, you know, that's what I do. Excellent. So if they follow you on Twitter at Marco Robinson 7 as in number 7, they'll be able to follow up and get all the information for those as well. Yeah, they can see, see all of that. They can see all of that, all those updates, yeah. That's excellent. So say, Marco, that I came to one of your events and me and you were having a beer or something afterwards, and I lean in and I want to know, Marco, what's that $1 million secret? What's that $1 million secret that if you told me, you'd have to kill me? This, the, that $1 million secret is you're exhausted, you've done everything you can, you've struggled like hell, you've given up so many times, and you've got to a stage where you're thinking to yourself, is it really worth it? And you ask that question, yes, it's worth it. Because you, you're touching your fingertips on the ceiling and you're just about to have a breakthrough. And in the most frustrating times is where you have the most astounding breakthroughs in your life. Always remember that. I love it. That's brilliant. Marco, your story is unbelievable. So, so inspirational. Thank you so much for being on the show. If my listeners want to get a hold of you, if they want to follow you, where should they reach out to you? Just go to my Twitter account. Um, or my Instagram, Marco Robinson now, Marco Robinson now on Instagram, or Twitter, Marco Robinson seven. I'm posting content every day, so you'll get me there. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time, Marco. Thank you, Mikhail. All the best.
Hey everyone, I just want to tell you about a great opportunity. You see, we've had a massive interest lately in learning a second language, and I do a lot of my language training with my very good friend Ollie Richard. We've been friends for three or four years now, and he's been on my program, and I've been on his program, and he spoke at my conferences, and I've spoke at his conferences, and he really is a genius. His techniques for teaching languages are just out of this world. He actually makes it fun and enjoyable. He was one of the main drivers for me rekindling my interest in Spanish. And under his tutelage and his advice and using his programs, I went from really crummy Spanish to quite fluent in a really short amount of time. So if you are looking to learn a second language or maybe even a third language, what I want you to do is go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash language forward slash language, and it's going to redirect you to some of Ollie's best courses out there in the world. And there's some special promotions going on, some special opportunities for subscribers of my podcast. So I hope you take us up on this offer and go and check it out. That's expatmoneyshow.com forward slash language to get the best resources in the world for learning a second language. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region. But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern time, go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.